This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you... This time you can have some, actually. Nope, just kidding. Ha <laughs> uh, And today we're talking about salmon. Yes. Um, today is the perfect day for us to talk salmon because we are smack dab in the middle of wild salmon season. Here. And smack dab in the middle of salmon country. Yes, we are. We're, we, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're doing our stereotypical Seattle episode. We're going we're gonna to go out in the rain. We're going to catch some salmon uh, with our with bare our hands. With our bare hands. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that there's a word for catching fish with your bare hands? Noodling. Yes. And in, yes. Um, in uh, Scotland, it's called guttling. <laughs> they do it a lot in Oklahoma. <laughs> and it, apparently it's Catfish illegal in noodling. some places and kind of dangerous. Yeah, I guess it is kind of dangerous. I mean, I don't, I guess. Is it because you fall in the river because you've been drinking beer and catching fish all day? Or is it because the fish bite your hand? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know. So Brandon and I once watched like a documentary about n- a noodling competition oh, in Oklahoma. Oh, this sounds great. And it was with catfish. And yeah, they kind of lured it with their fingers and then grabbed it. So I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe there are a lot of catfish out there swimming around with n- noodler fingers in their bellies. I, I feel like I'm good at, n- at luring things with my fingers, so um, <laughs> so I'd be a good noodler. Right. Uh, all right, maybe we should Glad talk about, about salmon. Uh, so, uh, so we just uh, cooked and ate some delicious salmon that we did not noodle up. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, and so maybe we should start by talking about, like, when you go to the market, what kind of salmon are you likely to find and what, what should you buy? Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to start out by s- saying what it is that we mean by salmon season. Because, yeah, what it is. Because before I lived here, I, I didn't, I never thought of fish as a seasonal thing. No. And that's, uh, I feel like we have a lot of pride and snobbery about that in the we Northwest. We absolutely do. And we are here to share it with you yeah. today, dear listener. I mean, Justifiably so. Yeah. So, so what I mean when I say salmon season is basically that um, the salmon are running right now. It means that they are heading from uh, the salt waters where they spend their, you know, most of their adult lives, uh, heading into the freshwater where they were hatched, and they're going there to spawn. And so, on the way, we catch them. 
With our bare hands. With our bare hands. And some of the best salmon come from some of the coldest streams uh, because they have to have extra fat stores to make it back to their spawning ground. And so they're delicious to eat. Yeah, they put on like a delicious coat. Yeah. And so, I mean, am I correct that we have uh, sort of, you know, quotas as to how many can be caught? Because we need them to go back and spawn. Yeah, absolutely. The the Alaskan salmon fishery is is highly managed and con- considered a sustainable fishery for that reason. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, so you hear in the in the northwest, I don't know to what extent this is true in other parts of the country. Um but you uh you know there are there are big names in salmon that you hear like Yukon River and Copper River that are considered like um the the cold and extremely desirable rivers. I don't know to what extent uh the different river really makes a difference. I think it's more uh, how how fresh is it and uh, and how well uh, well blubbered out is it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so uh, so you know uh, so out here we see king salmon, which is also labeled chinook. Yes. You probably see it where you are as well, probably called king salmon. And we should we should specify that we are we are pretty much only talking about Pacific salmon today. I yes. Think. Um, yeah. And uh, so if you see farmed salmon. Uh, in the store, it's uh, you can recognize it usually because it's really obviously fatty um, with like thick uh, layers of fat between uh, the pink flesh, and uh, and usually quite cheap. And uh, Atlantic salmon is highly problematic. Yeah, I um, mean, are we going to get into this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe well, farmed, we should... farmed salmon is is problematic, right? Yeah. And maybe more to the point for our show, it's not as tasty. It's true. It's not as tasty. So anyway, you can get king salmon. Uh, There's also sockeye. Uh, Coho is another one that we see often around here. Uh And then there's uh, pink and chum, which is sometimes called kita because apparently the the word chum has negative connotations. Yes. (laughs) Who knows why? Um, Anyway, what we are cooking with today is some wild sockeye. And I, I don't know, I think sockeye is sort of a good middle ground for salmon. King salmon tends to be fattier than sockeye. Coho is leaner than sockeye. Sockeye's sort of right in the middle, I and think. And it's usually the most intensely colored. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sockeye is totally my favorite. Um, the, the king, um, I mean, it's good, but it's, it's really uh, big and thick, which makes it trickier to cook, mm-hmm. um, to like get the inside cooked right without overcooking the outside. Yep. And, uh, and it's also often absurdly expensive. Yes, indeed. Um, and, you know, it, it should be because uh, <laughs> we don't want to like run out of salmon, but uh, I, I find it hard to bring myself to pay like $26 a pound for king salmon when the sockeye salmon is just as tasty and half as much. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So... What else do we have to say about salmon? Well, so so it's uh, it's salmon season, and what that means is this is the time of year to get fresh salmon from like spring through I don't know October, mm-hmm. and uh, the the rest of the year, however, you can get frozen salmon. Uh, how how do you feel about frozen salmon? I feel okay about it. I mean, the truth is, most of the fish that we eat is previously frozen. I yeah. mean, in general, across the board, most of the different types of fish we eat is previously frozen. I feel like because I have the great luxury of living in Seattle, um, I sort of just gorge myself on fresh salmon in the summertime. Uh, but the truth is, I don't know that I can taste that much of a difference between the fresh and frozen. If I were a... Am I uh, a lesser person because of that? Well, yeah, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. If, I were, if I were a rich eccentric, um, I, w- I would want to have like a salmon river uh, running through my estate. A uh, river runs through a it. A river would there run was a through movie it. Yes. Made about yes. This. Robert Redford would would always be hanging out around my place. Uh, and Brad Pitt. Uh, or wait, was he in was it? Was he in it? 
Uh, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, go on. Um, and uh, so, so I could noodle whenever I wanted, <laughs> is my point. Uh-huh. Great. I feel like I can tell the difference between the fresh and frozen salmon. Although, who knows? Maybe, maybe people are, are like pulling the wool over my fish all the time. But, mm-hmm. uh, but when I cook it, I feel like the, the, uh, the texture of the frozen is mushier and it uh, tends to fall apart more easily. Um, but it's really good for making salmon cakes, and I Ooh, love salmon cakes. Yeah. Okay. Well, hang on. Hang okay, on. Okay. 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 So let's move on to talking about cooking salmon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, How do you usually cook it? So to be honest, I am a kind of a lazy salmon cooker. Mm-hmm. I most often broil it. Okay. Um, and sometimes I, if I have really great salmon, I will just leave it plain, just put salt and pepper on it, maybe a teeny bit of some sort of fat, butter, yeah. or olive oil. Um. If if the salmon is not like you know the world's most exceptional salmon, I will put some creme fraiche on it. Pouring a little bit of heavy cream over it is Ooh. nice. A little bit of mayonnaise, kind of smeared on it. Anyway, and then just slap it under the broiler, and um, uh, you know then comes the tricky part of how do you tell it's done without poking and prodding at it. Oh yeah. So this I, is kind of like you know the problem with steak. Really. Do you use a thermometer? I don't use a thermometer. Do you? Yeah. I use a thermopen. Okay, t- tell me what them, what temperature, what temperature? Well, am I, I mean, you have for? to you have to poke the the problem. You know, salmon it's not evenly thick all the way across. You know, as, as long as we're genetically modifying fish, can we like make some that are like a perfect cube? Because that would be very convenient. <laughs> like like the watermelons you can buy in Japan, exactly mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, we don't even have to genetically modify. We just grow each fish inside a glass cube. Great. I'm I'm all about animal welfare. I, I you got to go into the, the thick part of the fish, and um, I mean we should talk about how well done do you like your salmon? Because I usually cook mine to like one twenty five. And what does it look like if I were to look at the the flesh in there? It looks a little pink in the middle. Okay, that's exactly what I want. So one twenty five. And you would call that like medium, medium rare. rare. I, I think I like mine a little more toward medium. But probably if you pull it at 125, yeah. it keeps cooking a bit, and then it winds up medium. Yes. Now, the question the question that I have no good answer to, well, okay, I have an answer to that I don't like the answer, is uh, um, is it safe to eat medium rare salmon? Not especially. Well, yeah, but we eat sushi all the time. I mean, and I know that's been frozen, yes. and that, so that's killed a bunch of stuff. Um, well, it kills the main danger from uh, undercooked salmon, which is this worm that like burrows into your stomach and causes vomiting and horrible pain. Oh, great! Well, uh, does it really happen that often? I don't know. Not. I don't know. <laughs> it hasn't gotten me yet. Oh, great. Hey, so how do you cook your salmon? So I like to do a pan roasting method. Um, so uh, I, I like to get a crispy skin because, um, from my perspective, the skin is the best part. Yeah. And uh, and so I start it uh, flesh side down in a hot pan. What kind of fat? Um, something that can take really high heat, so like vegetable oil usually. Okay. Um, and, uh, so I cook it for like a minute over high heat, uh, on the flesh side, flip it over to the skin side and put it in a hot oven, mm-hmm. uh, until, until it's cooked to my liking. Perfect. Uh, and the skin, the skin will usually get uh, nicely crisped during that time. Do you think that it would be possible for you to write up your method in words and we can post it on the website? Absolutely. Because I happen to know that I would like to be able to consult it in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's simple. It's, uh, it's generally uh, um, pretty easy to avoid overcooking that way. On the other hand, like, you know, it's, uh, it's fairly warm today and I had to put the oven on to 450 and that was no fun. <laughs> 
let's talk about the the cucumber salad that you served with the salmon because I think it was a wonderful sort of uh, very classy dish. Yeah, I, I really like a piece of fish served on top of a salad. Like I feel like. Uh, are we talking like a salmon Caesar here? We're yeah, we like some some <laughs> chunks of broiled salmon. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe also throw a grilled chicken breast on there. Delicious, <laughs> um, and maybe some salad if you can find it. No, um, so this this recipe that I made today it's uh, inspired uh, very closely by one in the Babo cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you uh, cook the fish. Um, I think I think Mario Batali originally calls for cedar planking it. Mm. I've never actually done that. I haven't either. Uh, so you cook the. I, I pan pan uh, roast the fish and then put it on top of this salad. That's like a really tart salad um, of uh, sliced cucumber uh, with shallots and mustard seeds uh, and scallions with lots of red wine vinegar and olive oil. It was delicious, and we'll post that recipe on the website. Absolutely. Um, what about other ways of cooking salmon? So, uh, you mentioned these salmon cakes, and I want to hear more oh, about it. Oh, yes. Um, I make the salmon cakes from Cook's Illustrated. Uh, they're pretty simple, although uh, the the technique of breading them, sort of you sort of feel like it's going to all go to hell like while you're doing it every time, even mm-hmm. though I do it all the time, mm-hmm. because you're taking this sort of chunky mixture of uh, salmon and grated onions and, uh, and mayo... Uh, and lemon juice and and trying to bread that in flour and then egg and then panko uh, and hope it doesn't all just fall into tiny bits while you're doing this. If you succeed, it is a delicious recipe. And do you serve it with a sauce of any kind? Uh, just just a wedge of lemon. Okay. Of course, you can make gravlax. You, yes. you, know, you can take salmon and you can cure it with sugar and salt and you know any any number of, of seasonings. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and there's smoke. You know, I feel like smoked salmon is maybe a separate episode. I think smoked salmon is a separate. We should, episode. We can do that sometime. Yeah, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention, and now I've forgotten what it was. Well, there's also steaming and poaching. I have not experimented yeah. very much with that, although I've certain I've certainly eaten good steamed or poached salmon. I've done some salmon poaching, and I have to say that I knew it. I knew you were a poacher. <laughs> uh, You're I the one who's been noodling in my salmon river. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're um, banned from my estate. Um, I like poached salmon. Somehow I find that I find it tastier when somebody else does it. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. I, you know, it's one of those things where like, it's just never that tasty when I do it. I feel, I feel that way about a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, I know something I wanted to ask. Uh, how do you remove the pin bones from salmon? Or do you? So I have to say that I usually don't remove them. Oh. However, if Brandon and I are cooking together, he will go get a pair of tweezers, wash them very well under hot water. Mm-hmm. and oh, <laughs> He'll go get a pair of tweezers from the bathroom. I get it. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> remember, you know how you were going to have me over for dinner tomorrow? Um, uh, something just came up. Uh, no. Anyway, he'll wash them really well under hot water, and then he will do his magic of pulling the pin bones out with the tweezers. I, I have a pair of tweezers that Should I maintain I in the kitchen. Should I just myself from the show now? <laughs> no, no. I want to hear what you use um, nail clippers for in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I have a pair of tweezers that I keep in the kitchen, and and I I will pull the bones out. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly, mostly, I guess because because I have a kid, and I don't want her to get a bone stuck in her throat. 
when yeah. I was when I was a kid, whenever we ate fish, which was not infrequently because my dad loved to fish, not mm-hmm. not noodle, I should point out. Okay, he was a fisherman. But anyway, uh, I would always take a bite of fish and mash it with my tongue against the roof of my mouth until it was fully pulverized, and then I would swallow it to, because to I was so scared bones. of bones. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, I, uh, I I like. I wish you could have the advantages of bony fish without ever having to deal with bones. Yeah, gen- genetic engineers get on that one also. Yes. Um, yeah, and then the... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Mike. I was going to say, we should talk about the, the dark side of salmon. Oh, please. What is the dark side? Overcooked salmon. Ugh. And it's very... It's tragically easy to have happen. I mean, I bought a beautiful piece of Copper River salmon the other night, mm-hmm. and even though I was babysitting it under the broiler, I overcooked it. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I think you're being a little too kind to to the American public because I think a lot of overcooked salmon is overcooked on purpose. I do not understand this. Um, you know, I think I think it's fine to cook salmon just through. I'm I'm not saying that that you have to serve it medium rare if you if you don't like pink in the middle of your salmon. I think that's and I mean, fine. Maybe if you don't like worms, yeah, you might want to overcook it a bit. Well, but I think I you can worms. you can cook it straight. You can cook it just barely through mm-hmm. and still have it be moist and tender and delicious and not have it squeak when you bite it. Yeah. The, so. That happens to me with with salmon or with chicken. Have you noticed this yes. thing in chicken where you bite on it and it sounds like a cheese curd? Like there's a lot of sort of stickiness between your teeth and yeah. like kind of squeakiness. Um, so yeah, so if we could, if if I could have one wish, it would be for people to stop overcooking salmon. That's your one That's, wish. If I could have you one wish. wish for like world peace or like. Do no? you want to live in a peaceful world of overcooked salmon? No. I don't know. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, that was our salmon episode. You can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. We'll post the recipe for uh, Bobo-style salmon with cucumber salad on our website. And I'm also going to make Matthew post his very simple pan-searing method that I can say is quite delicious. Okay. Uh, and- actually, that's part of the Bobo recipe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great, okay. So, yeah, it's one and the same. I, I was afraid you were making me do extra work, but no. Uh, you can uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can... Um, you that's actually all you can do. Line. Oh, well, you can tell people that they can become subscribers. You know, you can become a subscriber to our wonderful podcast. That doesn't mean that Which all one of is you... our wonderful podcast? Oh, sorry. I don't know if, we, I don't know if we've gotten, if we've published that one yet. We're not saying that if you don't become a subscriber, you can't listen. We want this show to continue to be free and available to all. We are a all-inclusive podcast here. However... Except for the salmon overcookers. (laughs) However, making this show cost money because we we have to do things like buy salmon. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so if you would like to help us, help us continue making this show... With a small monthly contribution of $5, that's $5 a month, yep. we will reward you with a handwritten postcard. What and else, we are, are going to be writing some of those postcards immediately after recording this episode. Yes. Uh, you also get uh, at least two secret bonus episodes per year. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is already available. It is about chocolate milk, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And how do people go about becoming subscribers? Spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. Wonderful. Please do it. Yeah, and we won't hit you over the head with it every week, maybe just every other week. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I'm Molly Weisenberg. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sh-
show that gives you worms. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. We should become consultants for large-scale catering we should, companies. We should tell catering companies how to make more work for themselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 